Hello and welcome to another episode of the video editing podcast from Unsplice, where you and I have a conversation about how you can become a better video editor so that you can work with your dream client sooner. This week we are speaking to Mark Griffin. He's an alumnus of Unsplice. He took the TV commercial masterclass and it inspired him to take his editing further. Since then, he's studied some more and he's looking to make the move from assistant editor to editor. So today you're going to hear a coaching call between the two of us. If you're in a similar position and you're looking to make the move from assistant editor to editor, I think there's some um, good advice, step-by-step advice to help you take that transition. Okay, on with the podcast. So tell me where you are now. Since uh, you graduated, you've taken a master's, uh, you graduated, and I believe that was 2021 you graduated? Yeah, that's right. So graduated in 2021. Um, I, I'm still working in editing in post-production, kind of lecturing in post-production. I'm currently and always, to be honest, looking for more projects. Um, I made my own documentary kind of passion project quite recently. Amazing. Um, so that was good. And it was actually on the craft of editing. It was uh, about uh, a friend of mine who's been an editor for 26 years. And so I just kind of, I suppose I shot, I produced and I edited that documentary. So it was a really enjoyable project. But yeah, I kind of rechanged my CV, developing my website again, and just kind of saying, I'm open for business for, I suppose, more drama work. And ultimately, I want to go into more long form documentary would be the my ideal. Yeah. Moving okay. away from kind of assisting assistant editing into actual kind of editing roles. With a conversation today, what are you hoping to get out of our conversation? I'm advising people myself every day of the week as well, just on how to further their editing careers, but just maybe some of the lesser known, um, I won't say shortcuts, because I don't necessarily believe in shortcuts, but some of the lesser known ways to break through into um, editing the editor position on longer form or even short, you know, form content. Yeah, brilliant. It is, um, I think, I'm I'm guilty of having done the same as well in the past where you are, it's easy to tell, to, to, to give advice, but it's sometimes difficult to follow your own advice <laughs> because for some reason you feel um, your situation it doesn't, doesn't apply. So I'd be really interested to hear uh, some of the tactics that you speak to, um, you know, other people that assistants or whoever that are looking to advance their career um, what sort of tips you give them then I know I don't need to repeat myself yeah um, I suppose the main ones I always say I say it's good to cover to cover most bases to have most bases covered you know some people look for a showreel some people won't like the idea of a showreel and they prefer to see you know maybe a private link to the projects you've done so if you have both of those bases covered that's great some people might look for a CV or a list, but I I, can't, I go more so with the the format, a TV kind of industry standard 
um, CV, something like on um, Sarah Putt's associates, that that style of CV, um, that's what I'd advise people to do. I also say, you know, go online and search some of the people that you do want to, in fact, actually work with, message them through various social media or through the professional channels, which whichever is um, fitting on which, you know, in whichever occasion. Um, speak to directors, you know, especially friends and also people you'd like to work with. Go to film festivals, kind of networking events and just tell people you're available online as well, you know. Yeah. Make it clear you are available. Yeah, for absolutely. Work as well. All fantastic advice. And um, that's pretty much where I would have started with you. I think if we get more granular, then I think the same advice could be even more powerful. One of the first things I tell uh, anybody who is looking to take a step forward is you've already mentioned work, uh, reach out to people who you'd like to work with. But uh, with that, direct approach it all it's all about who you are contacting who you're getting in touch with because if you want to work with a director and the director is uh, working at a certain level that you're not quite at they're going to be highly unlikely to uh, agree to take you on and if that director is looking to bring on if if the project they're working on needs an assistant editor the director and probably not the producer aren't going to be the people making the call to bring on those assistant editors. It's going to be the editor working on that project that's going to be bringing on the assistant editors. The first thing they're going to do is go to their list of contacts. Who can I get on this project? So uh, what I suggest is uh, network sideways and that in essence, means speak to people who doing the work that you would like to do yourselves. So not the uh, necessarily editors or directors you'd like to work underneath, but people doing the exact job that you would like to do. Speak to them, reach out to them and befriend them, really. When you first befriend them, you don't want to uh, reach out to them looking for favors. It should be a genuine connection that you're trying to yeah. make a genuine bond because when that person has too much work that they're looking to offhand, they're going to come straight to you because you're top of mind and they trust you. And so now you're working on that project. You have the contacts of everybody else on that project, the director, if there's another editor, if the producer, and you know the entire pyramid um, of that project is now in your network. It's kind of this. It's a similar concept to what you were saying, but it's a it's a lot more granular, and the steps are, are a lot more um, you know actionable. Does no, that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a great strategy. Yeah, really yeah. good. If you do network sideways and you go granular and use that strategy and stick to that strategy, I think it'll pay dividends. Yeah, absolutely. Is that something that you'd uh, 
thought of before and gone into that um, level of detail. I'll be honest, I did it um, a long while ago and it did, um, yeah, it did really work and it did really work really well. It's it's something I will definitely go back into and reinvest time into to Absolutely. develop that network again. Yeah, great. Good to hear. And I think some of the other tactics that you mentioned are, are great ways to network sideways you mentioned film festivals um i think also uh, following um there's categories on vimeo as well um of course you've got the staff picks and all these other things and you can see the credits and the great thing about those is that you can literally see who did what and click yeah. them and you've got their details and uh with film festivals they're all thanks to covid they're all online now so <laughs> networking is even easier um i did that last uh, last year there was a film festival on and all digital and it was in a completely different country but easy i could just buy a ticket go online and all of the, the details are there and i can just message all these producers and uh, editors and directors who i i didn't actually know who they were before this festival but i saw their work fell in love with it and um yeah it's in a, in a way this the pandemic bringing everything online has been fantastic for that and it's it's also meant that our pool of remote work has grown exponentially and our network and the ease of building that network has also grown exponentially the, i i really do like the idea of the remote side of things and working with you know filmmakers and editors from all around the globe working remotely has become i dare say the norm but it, it is um it's almost expected in a way you know there was never before this there was there was never a question it was you're working in our office unless you know unless you have some kind of extenuating circumstance now however and even speaking to producers it, it's kind of like working remotely or working I, I don't even want to call it remotely because mm. um editors yeah. uh, have their own studio they have their own kit at home yeah and uh, if that's where the film is made then technically everybody else is remote you know Right, <laughs> and and where you are building the film is is the hub um so i think that has become a change in mindset for uh, so many people well, all the jobs that i'm taking they are requesting you in the office whereas before it would be you're expected in the office and you can request to be remote but it would probably get denied now it's it's shifted and i see that staying i think yeah there will be certainly in documentary space where everything is um, a lot more casual not everything mm. is made by big companies generally yeah. you're going to work uh in a, with a close relationship with the director and the producer director where it's just the two of you so uh wherever the editor is generally is where the producer director will come um so i i don't th i th i think for a, in a situation like yours with documentary editing, it's all going to be in your favor going forward. 
yeah, I don't think That's you need to have any concerns about um, uprooting or going into uh, you know another city or wherever just yeah. to be able to edit. You set the ground rules. I work remotely. Yeah. And if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work for them. Yeah. Just take on other producers, directors, or other clients, depending on yeah what works for you. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's great. What do you see yourself cutting in the future? What types of documentaries for what channels? Yeah, I suppose it's a it's a good question. I for me, I suppose I grew up in watching a hell of a lot of documentaries on the likes of Channel 4 and BBC. They still make fantastic or, or the companies working for them in in Channel 4's instance make fantastic documentaries. Um, but obviously I'd have to go up through the ranks of assistants and, but you know, the likes of Netflix and all of these people eventually down the track you know, all of those things are options. And I don't think it takes as long as it used to, to get to, but still takes years and years, obviously. But I, yeah, I suppose it would be working for kind of independent production companies, independent producers. I think it'd be more driven by the topics and nature of the documentaries. But I would be prepared to kind of, start from the very beginning and just start again and just build up that experience. Yeah. And then obviously the more experience I have, you know, the more choice I'll have because I've worked on, I'll have more of a, you know, portfolio of work, that I've, a body of work that I can show people. Yeah. I think um, you kind of hit the nail, hit the nail on the head there when you spoke about um, independent production companies because that's that's where your sweet spot is. Um, BBC, Channel 4, even Netflix, they're all outsourcing the production of these uh, documentaries. And so uh, they go to independent, independent production companies. If you um, eventually, you know, are looking to work with Netflix, you are looking to network with very specific production companies. Um, the advice that I could give you would be, you know, start small. Back to the earlier point, film festivals are a great way to discover the ones that are actually making good films. Yeah. And what you want to do is, you know, find out the production companies that are making films at a certain level, at a level that you think you could achieve and you'd be a great asset to. Uh, then go to the website, find the emails, producers, production managers, generally are the people that you were trying to reach. And I'll let you decide um, based on your skill level, whether you would like to put yourself out there for assistant editing roles, or perhaps you'd like um, to put yourself forward as an, an, an editor. I haven't seen your work um, lately, so I'm, I won't be able to make that call for you. And what I will say is don't sell yourself too low because we all need to make a living and uh, and they yeah. understand that and they have budget as much as they will tell you they don't have budget they do have some budget so push push them for as much as you can get out of them 
because they'll do the opposite. <laughs> sure. I think, yeah, I think it's that. I think sometimes, well, it comes down to belief as well, because you're you're doing a lot of work as the assistant. You can be given the opportunity to do a few scenes and to do, you know, a, a, an amount of sequences. But then I think it does come back to yourself that you do have to kind of say, right, I am actually capable of doing work at this level and I am going to move across to, you know, put myself out there to even if you move up the ranks in assistant yeah. editing where you're the first or whatever the case may be. But I think, yeah, but I think I think you'll get more opportunities as you as you've kind of mentioned there. If you go in as even the assistant, they see your work, doors will open and they'll say, well actually on this one you were the assistant, but maybe in future we will look to give you yeah. some scenes, we'll look to give you a full project. Yeah, what I will say is don't expect them to offer you the next step. You have to ask. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. They yeah. put yourself out there and um you're building relationships, you're building bonds with these people first and foremost. Trust is the biggest currency. Yeah. Certainly in this uh, in the post-production someone will will hire you if they believe they trust you and then they'll teach you what you need to know yeah it's as simple as that if if you if you let them know and they can see your skill level they will look past that if they believe yeah. that they can trust you and that you've got the enthusiasm enthusiasm to uh to see the project through and to push yourself yeah. And once you're there, once you've got your foot in the door, you need to offer up to do those extra things. Yeah. They're not going to give it to you unless you ask. So ask to cut a small scene, ask to um, do some selects and, you know, and you're, you're, you're never going to be able to uh, move on in leaps unless you push yourself out of your comfort zone as well. Yeah. If you're, if you're always moving sideways and, and not able to have the confidence to just maybe I can do that yeah. then then you'll find yourself plateauing you have to put you yourself to, yeah, yeah in an uncomfortable position yeah. even if you don't think you can do it you know yeah. it's just beyond your skill level that's perfect yeah. do that no, that's great advice because I suppose when you do look back at um things you have done in the past you know you can always pull out at least one example where you have done that and you think yeah that's why you know i did make the significant change or leap in that particular instance or in that career whatever case would be yeah because you have taken on maybe a little bit more than you thought you could do and then you will deliver and you get everything done that's it exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll surprise yourself how much you can do and it's, it's looking back that's when i made the biggest leaps in my career is when i put myself yeah. in an uncomfortable position okay. and i said i can do i can do that yeah even though i had nothing to prove that i could do that but i had built up a level of trust with these people they were like okay i believe you put it in my hands and yeah. and i pushed and if i had to put an extra you know couple of hours in in the evening because I spend, because yeah. I spend a bit of time, you know, figuring out how exactly to do something, or I was watching a YouTube tutorial just to figure out that one thing while nobody was looking. 
if I can get it done, then I've learned in one day what it would have otherwise. I probably wouldn't have learned of my own steam. I would never have put myself in that position um, unless it was necessary. So that's use those opportunities to your advantage. I think, yeah, I think when you're putting yourself under deadlines to deliver and someone is trusting you to do that, it does make all the difference. Also as well, because they've put their trust in you, you always want to repay that trust. I don't really advise people to work for exposure, but another term that could be considered the same, similar thing, but not the same, is trust. If you work yeah. for trust and yeah. if, if you believe that the investment of trust in someone is worth it, then that is, that's the best kind of exposure that you can hope for. So are there any other questions about uh, tactics or ways of take being able to take the next step? Yeah. Um, do you think, looking back at your career or just in vice in general, would you put yourself under, you've obviously got to put yourself under kind of um, deadlines and goals to have things done you know, maybe weekly, monthly, or by year end, or whatever the case may be. Is there anything like that that you might recommend? So you're asking, uh, is it is it useful to set deadlines and goals to push your career forward? Yeah, I suppose that's, yeah, please. Because one of the tactics that we spoke about was uh, networking at festivals. First of all, you need to see which festivals are hosting films that you would like to work on documentaries obviously in your case find the ones um, that are promoting uh, films at a certain at the level that you would like to work at you need to find out the dates of those festivals and create a calendar for the entire year of when those festivals are taking place uh, on those websites generally they have um, a list of uh, the nominees. So even before the festival has begun, you can already allocate some time per week, you know, schedule some time in, in, the, in your calendar a week or two weeks before to research those people. Find, watch, the, watch some of the trailers, perhaps watch the films if they're available, and you can schedule that time in based on when the festival is taking place. Uh, and that will give you access to the contact details of all these people to network with. I would recommend contact them every month just so that you are top of mind, but you're not being a pest. Okay. That is, that's pretty much what I would use to, to schedule uh, networking and, and building out that. That's really how, um, how I'd compartmentalize the year but certainly setting aside time every week to do all the things on your list um, for specifically for the task of networking. I, yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea that I would highly recommend. And I think if you're like me, where unless it's written down, it's always going to be, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. And it, there's always something that seems more important. Um, 
I've generally find if I can dedicate one evening a week, one hour okay. or two hours if I have it, uh, every Wednesday, I'm going to email this list of people. Does that answer your question? No, or... that's brilliant, Chinese, and you condensed everything that I wanted to know. And there's a lot of elements that it's almost like you know, but you don't know. And yeah. you need someone to kind of almost like physically shake you and say, this is what you need and this is what you need to think about. So yeah, sure. no, I found that really, really helpful. And great. even that last idea was a great kind of, that's really, yeah, something I need to be doing every single week. Great. Yeah. I'm if, you, if you like previously ran a business and you would be doing that, you would be sitting down and you'd be looking for people you'd be looking for i suppose leads and people clients and yeah you've always got to kind of have people ready to go but sometimes you kind of forget that when you're kind of you know yeah and doing, and that's the thing or freelance yeah it is a business the business is, it you. is yeah exactly and you need to run it like that with yeah. strict schedules and deadlines and contingency plans and everything yeah. else um, because that's the only way it's going to function and, you know, take off like a business would and follow that trajectory. Uh, believe me, I've been guilty of coasting. So it, yeah. it definitely takes some, um, some dedication and scheduling to yeah. actually take the next step. And perseverance is incredible. That's brilliant. No, thanks very much. And thanks for letting me do this. My pleasure. Really, really appreciate it. Really Great. appreciate your time. In, no, my in pleasure. Do this. Great. So it has been super useful. Now, if you found this useful, then uh, you can get tips in your inbox every week by signing up to the newsletter. Just head to unsplice.com and you'll be able to sign up straight on the first page. Uh, if you have a question, that you'd like answered on the podcast, then why not head to unsplice.com forward slash ask and submit your question. And then hopefully we can get you on the podcast and answer it live. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care. Bye bye.